Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to Forbidden Cinema. I'm Jenny. I'm Zach. All right. So we are right into it. We are hitting up our full fledged 100% holiday movie. None of this filmed in June has snow and talks about Christmas bowl. Seriously, if they were doing that in summer, maybe they were doing that in winter, but they were doing that in summer in LA with all that snow. That was crazy. I, well, they didn't weren't filming it in June if they released it in June. But I don't know. It's still crazy. It's still, like, whose idea was that? I don't know. Anyway, we watched Scrooged, and this is definitely, um, we touched a little bit on it, part of my forbidden catalog, just really because Bill Murray was kind of sketch. I think there were some things we watched with Bill Murray, some things not. I feel like my mom thought he was kind of creepy and slimy, and (laughs) he probably was. Um, He's definitely more like a game show host than a scientist. Oh, man. Jenny tells me that very frequently. (laughs) So, you know, and this was a spin on a holiday classic that we watched all the time. We've watched the, we used to watch the George C. Scott version of A Christmas Carol. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, you know, any other version of Christmas Carol, but I think the fact that this was a time stamped and this could be a topic that we talk about, a new version set in current times at the times meant it was perverse maybe to a certain degree. And it, it just got kind of gross and sexy and, you know, it just had all the, the little earmarks of like, we don't really need to see that. That's an extra, it, it's not necessary. We don't need it. I just remember my parents going to see this movie in the theater. Oh, they went and saw it without you in the theater? Yeah. Yeah, I think I had, um, you know, Cindy, and uh, I think Cindy babysat me while they went to go. (laughs) (laughs) Our uh, later Sunday school teachers slash uh, people that we really tore the night down at uh, the Hotel Indigo at an Elvis (laughs) party with (laughs) about 10 years after that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, she was my babysitter. She and her sister were my babysitters. So yeah, they they went out to see this and came home. And my dad is just telling me it's like Mickey's Christmas Carol. Because I had no idea. He led with that. Yeah, it's like Mickey's Christmas Carol, except like the guy that's goofy. uh, Peter Venkman shoots him a lot, and then he drinks water. He says he drinks water. (laughs) He doesn't say (laughs) he drinks vodka. (laughs) And it's coming out all the holes in him. (laughs) He drinks a lot. He could have said a clear liquid. I don't. Water is a flat out lie. It it, it really kind of is. Like, oh, could I watch it? He's like, no, it has nipples in it. (laughs) He said it has nipples in it? I think I thought he said navels. <laughs> I was eight. But still, even the fact that he said it has nipples in it as a reason to be like, what's a nipple? Like, you, you were one of those kids that was, I'm surprised you didn't jump in and just question him to death. No, I just kind of let it go. Like, this is just something that I'm just not going to get. And I think he even said, like, maybe when you're 15. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, man. After just having spent Thanksgiving with my dad, that seems so relevant. <laughs> very much, very much. All right, so we jump right into Scrooge, and we start with just this parade of 80s promo ads for shows. I have before that, I even have, it sounds like Danny Elfman music. Is it? It is. Is it? Okay. It is. So, so I, I was very vindicated towards the end, because the very opening sounds very, yeah. The rest of the thing didn't sound so Danny Elfman, except maybe the scene where she was beating him up with a toaster, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Right. There were little hints of it. 
But so, yeah, we start, well, actually, we start with North Pole. We start with what looks, zooming in, what looks like going to be a Santa movie. They're in the North Pole. The elves are building toys. And then we've got rockets and and shooting, and there's an attack on there's the South Pole. There's kind of a goth elf. I don't know who she is. is I she don't somebody? know. Do she, you know who I'm talking about, I, Yeah, I did. She's just there. They don't mention her. No, not at all. It's really interesting. And then... You know, so then Lee Major shows up. This with a full-on Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> minigun. Yeah, I guess it probably wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger yet. This was probably still Jesse Ventura minigun. Mm. This is probably still Predator era. Okay, okay. So yeah, they're they're putting they're excited for the six million dollar man, and Santa's Santa's going to stand the front line. He's not going to run and hide. But I just had like Mrs. Claus is somebody I know, and she's like kind of an old mean lady and something else, and I'll oh, have to look I, we'll it have up. To, going deep, so we'll go deeper on Mrs. Claus. On Mrs. Claus, we haven't got through the credits yet, right? We'll right. Go deeper. On she's Mrs. there. Claus. She's there. Then we have just a you know a, a myriad of '80s promos. We have okay, this that movie's called The Night the Reindeer Died. Then we have. A Robert Goulet Christmas special in the swamp, and there's alligators. Can we just mention that Jenny's secretary's husband is Robert Goulet? Pretty much. He has a quarantine beard. He does right now, yeah. Uh, so he doesn't necessarily look like Robert Goulet, but for the five years or so before quarantine that we've known him, he looks exactly like Robert Goulet. He met Jenny's secretary. At Jazzercise, <laughs> basically Jazzercise. It was actually like an aerobics called thing called Animal Hour. Animal Hour. Oh, yeah. My. He was. Um, she was dating the guy who was the leading the class, and then he came in and was up, just like bebopped his way up to the front, and she was like, "Who's this guy?" And yeah. But yeah, I it, yeah Jenny. It's Jenny's secretary's husband and i see him every time like the four times a year i actually go to the gym he's always there with his mustache <laughs> he's fantastic he's we very- love him so much he's he's legendary so then we've got that ad and then we have basically a play on father knows best and it's father loves beaver <laughs> oh man <laughs> so so beaver are we uh eliminating all mcdonald's toy tie-ins to this? Yeah. Like, I know we, we've said oh, Poontang, Poontang. But, do, but does Father Loves Beaver disqualify us? I don't think it does. I think it's small enough, but there's a lot in this movie that I don't think belongs <laughs> in a McDonald's toy tie-in. But um, then we, so we've got all that stuff. Then we see the Scrooged ad. So it looks like a pitch. Like, this is the first time he's seeing this. And they've got the whole, you know, oh, you know, we've got a live broadcast. It's going to be all these places. And I don't even remember all the places they said, but they were not what you would expect to be the major cities of, like, New York, London, Berlin. It was, like, New York. uh, It was a different time. Uzbekistan, the Great Barrier Reef. It was 1998. It was a different time. Anyway, but then they have Mary Lou Retton, which I just remember Mary Lou Retton just being just a huge staple of my life. Like she was just everywhere in in the mid 80s. And so, of course, Bill Murray is setting himself up as like the heartless TV exec, producer, president, whatever. And I have to question... 
why is he just seeing this ad now? If then they say <laughs> it's been playing for months and it's getting, getting great, whatever. And then he pitches them a new ad that is like violent and crazy. That he's going to supersede the ad of all of his execs. Like, I got to say, it, it, like, in it's 2021, like it's if you were to play that ad, no, you would get flagged. You'd get on a list if you were to play that ad. They would go straight back to the other ad. For sure, for sure. But like, like I just think, I'm sorry, why are we just having this meeting now, 24 hours before this live telebroadcast is supposed to happen? It's terrible planning. Um, and then also, I think he's a terrible delegator. The fact that he put together this whole new promo and he's going to supersede, he's this whole table of executives. That's their job. And they've obviously been doing a decent, decent job at it. And it's like, no, you're not good at your job. So everything that follows, he, you probably deserve. And I wrote that, uh, I think that's Bobcat Goldthwaite. It is. That we haven't heard him talk yet. Yeah. But he still seems really twitchy. Sorry, I'm going to call it at that. No more. Oh, no. Jenny's already done an impression. (laughs) I didn't actually say words. (laughs) You don't have to say words when it's a Bobcat Bobcat Goldthwaite impression. (laughs) Why are we doing impressions now? Why is that our thing? Well, because you have Bobcat Goldthwaite in this movie. I mean, he only is a voice and a sound <laughs> no but he was twitchy and nervous and what before he even talked and it was great yeah he, yeah there was there was a lot of physical acting happening here at the table i also wrote if only it were that easy to fire somebody oh, oh my goodness there would be so many fewer people working for me <laughs> careful careful there's so much paperwork there's so much documentation it's there's so, so many chances it's so ridiculous i mean i even have like so i i, I want to, i'll i'll roll back to the, a couple other things of the scene but you know he, he fires him for kind of saying like hey i think this ad is kind of not a good idea it's a little extreme we've been getting good feedback from the other one you know and he's like yeah sure okay and then of course the 86 is him and then he watches from a telescope that he's being like all his stuff is being brought out to him and he's like having a nervous breakdown in the kind of courtyard area out on the street. That doesn't line up to me because he seems like someone who's like, I don't care enough about this person to even know their name. And then he's going to watch. He's going to get some satisfaction out of the, you know, the the firing and the mojo it's like one or the other either you like are totally involved in someone's life and so you're happy with the demise that you caused or you don't care at all you move Mm. on so i didn't think that fit i don't know as soon as the ghosts start showing up there's some voyeurism in this and he's into it there is some voyeurism but then okay so then but before he or as he's firing him he has a tab and it's called like Stolichnaya, but Stoli. It's Stoli, right? Yes. Okay. So we had, when we were teenagers, we had... Um, oh, were you going to talk about Philip's dad? Yeah, Philip's oh, dad the tab machine. had a tab machine in his garage. He loved tab so much. I mean, nobody drinks tab at all. It's like, it just in movies. I didn't think it existed in real life until um, he... Like, just realizing he had and he had a tab machine in his like garage where he did like work on cars when we went to boy scout camp you know I, i've said i come from a family of grocers and so we got out of date meat we got scratch and dent hershey stuff mm-hmm. so like s'mores like come on down to s'mores at, at zach's dad's boy <laughs> scout camp because we've got all sorts of chocolate we've got 
all sorts of hot dogs that are irregular shaped. <laughs> so we've got hot dogs that are nip big and hot dogs that are nip big. And babe, I see the look on your face. And I need you to stop that right now. I'm just, I'm just thinking you're doing a lot of physical comedy, and this is, this is an audio it's medium. Not the, the size of the hot dog is not important. You can no. You know, it's a, you know, it's a, who knows who knows what that was and we also had many 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 irregular pepsis irregular pepsis so cans of pepsi Uh that maybe were had two or three ounces in the 12 ounce can oh wow okay yeah or maybe didn't have in the can what the label said they had (laughs) on the can but we did have a load of dented or improperly filled tab interesting that's a fun time so yeah so boy scout camp with with zach's dad was definitely full of irregular foods (laughs) it sounds like an adventure it is it really is you have no idea when you're popping open that orange soda like what is gonna go down your throat i mean people eat a lot of money for like mystery airheads and mystery (laughs) you know guess that new oreo flavor and all of that so there you go way ahead of your time before that i have 1988 and this special is costing $40 million. That's a lot of money. I'd like to look and see in 88 what other movies cost $40 million and see how much they made at the box office. Okay. I feel like your Ghostbusters, your Superman 2s, I bet you they didn't cost $40 million to make. Probably not. And Scrooge didn't seem like it was really going to cost. Well, Buddy Hackett and Jamie <laughs> Farr. <laughs> I mean, big ticket items. Hey, I didn't recognize Buddy Hackett. I said that at the end when we were watching the credits. Like, who was Buddy Hackett? He was Scrooge. Like, oh, no. Well, it's because he had such a great accent. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't recognize him in his excellent acting. Oh, man. Um, Oh, man. Okay, so then he's giving gifts and he's a cheapskate. He's even, well, he's a weird cheapskate because he's forgiving people towels or VHS. VHS video cassette recorders. Or VHS home video recorders, sorry. Right. So, like, a a vhs which is expensive it's an expensive gift it's still 88 though i guess it's much later it's 84 83 when they're you know like i mean we're, we're early adopters at my family of vhs we had a vhs in 80 probably 83 so we're early adopters i'm not sure i know we had them before we moved here mm-hmm. so I mean, I don't know how much before we had moved here. So probably it's about the same time. I mean, they weren't like high def or hi-fi or, no. or oh, stereo or, you know, we just had a VCR. But uh, yeah, dad was like the one with the camcorder that had the, we actually had to take the VCR out of the the container. Like the camera didn't have, you couldn't put the, the cassette in the camera. You had to actually put the cassette in the VCR and just carry the VCR with you and attach the camera to the VCR. Huh. And you just carry the VCR with you in a shoulder bag. That's really heavy. Oh, yeah. Well, this was probably 82, 83. Dad was yeah, an we, early we adopter. Yeah, we never had a camcorder. Okay. That was, we never had a camcorder, but we had VCRs. Yeah, other we were, dads in like 88, 89 that had the, you know, the camera that the tape actually went into the camera. They got cooler, but oh, we were cool early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we never had videos like that. And my dad was like more into his, his, photography as you know oh i had to carry the camera bag for many 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 of jenny's sister's productions 
and that was a big thing is you can't carry the camera bag by the handle because <laughs> the no, handle's about to fall old. off. It's you old. have to kind of carry it from the bottom. That was like how you knew that you like were part of the family. Like you knew without being told. Like you had to hold the bottom. Like <laughs> oh no, I was told many times. I was told I know every time you were it was told. handed to me. <laughs> I know, but like that was that was it. Like you, you just did it, and you knew. Like okay, like you're, you've been, you've been around for a little bit. Then we get a little into. We've got Robert Mitchum coming down, and he's talking about programming for cats and dogs. He says in 20 years, he's expecting it to be a large portion of the market. So that's like... It's 2008. Okay. So Christmas of 2008, was there a lot of programming for cats and dogs? I don't really think so. I, I feel like we so. really, that was a miss. I, I loved at the end when his cats were watching <laughs> television. That was great. Fantastic. I love it all about it, but I feel like that was a miss. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. It's like we're, as TV producers, they're constantly trying to find the best stick. But I, I have like, cats don't give up because there's been there's one, been... one moment where our cats have stopped what they were doing to watch what was happening on TV. And it was actually a cat toy. And we ordered set cat toys. We're like, oh, wow. Like, they were really impressed. And then they were terrified of it in person. <laughs> and when they finally became not terrified of it, they destroyed it they in broke three it. minutes. Yeah, they broke it. But for the most part, cats, I don't know about dogs. It seems like dogs watch TV more than cats do. But cats are not easily swayed. Our cats sit on the couch with us when we watch TV and usually look somewhere else. Yeah, they're not watching TV. They're not interested. So then I've got Spago, like, oh, we're going to go to, we're going to go to Spago. And I was just like the restaurant culture in the 80s. And, and like, <laughs> so like American Psycho, what was that? The restaurant, what's the restaurant Dorcia. called? Dorcia. So just like the way people talk about restaurants in New York and like it makes me think of Sex and the City and like Balzac, I think is the restaurant that they spend a whole episode trying to get into. Um, and oh, just, if anybody gets to New York, uh, the Sex and the City episode where they have the bed club where everybody just gets a bed and hangs right. out in bed uh right now or and for the last probably what 14 years there's been a show that's it's called uh sleep no more it is basically Macbeth, and it just plays out in kind of a 1920s hotel and you just if you want to watch the play you can watch the play and if you just want to just bugger off and wander around and watch the sets you can do that too it's like five floors of sets it's crazy things are happening everywhere um, you can kind of go off. Yeah, it, it's an amazing show. So you never seen the sh- see the same show twice. And if you go with your significant other or friends, split up and talk about it on the subway ride home. Because yeah, trying to stay with somebody is is just not yeah. The, the first way to time we it. went, we tried to stay together, and it was still like a fantastic experience. But the second time we didn't, and we like kind of ran into each other occasionally, which was kind of cool, and I guess kind of sexy too, you know, because you're wearing you're wearing masks while the actors are not. So it was way before all this other mask stuff. Um, oh man, it can be weird now. Yeah, I don't I, I don't even know what they're doing now um, because it is definitely a social experiment in personal space. Yes. Yes. Um, because people are, you're following actors and watching them. People kind oh, of the keep first 15 their minutes, you're giving everybody respectable space. You're keeping your distance, and you know, two and a half hours in, you're throwing elbows and getting in there and trying to watch someone get murdered. I mean, it it's, is. it's crazy, but it's a fantastic show. If it still winds up going on, um, hopefully, um, I, yeah, I don't know exactly how they're producing it right now, but before Delta, we were going to go back this year, but uh, we'll we'll go back next year. Yeah, because it's it's like I said, it's fantastic. Um, so then we pan into his office and just on the wall, he has cross, which is his last name, a thing they nail people to. 
is what it says. Mm. Um, just at the top. I did not see that. Yeah. So backing up a little bit, I said, "Is that Walter Peck?" Like, no, it's not. It's John Glover. Do you know John Glover at all? The Bryce guy. Yeah. Um. No, I don't. He. I think he's probably best known probably now for playing Lex Luthor's dad. Lionel Luther in Smallville. Oh, wow. Okay. For probably 200 episodes. Oh, wow. Uh, he's in many, 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 many episodes of Batman the Animated Series and of Batman whatever's as uh, the Riddler. Oh. He's probably the person who's played the Riddler the longest. Interesting. You can Listen to his voice, though. Think about, I could, and, You know, if you just take it up a little bit of a notch and, you know, I, I could, yeah, he, I could hear, I could hear that. Yeah, he's very squirrely. And as uh, Mr. Clamp. In Gremlins 2. <laughs> yeah, Have you seen Gremlins 2 in the no. last 30 years? I don't think I've seen Gremlins 2 ever. I, I, oh, I grew up I in a household the of four girls. Multiple times. Oh, that man. just wasn't what we did. Just the He's basically Donald Trump in, in that. <laughs> and his the logo of Clamp Industries is a C of his, like the first letter of his name. And it's sort of squeezing earth. <laughs> well yeah. played. Well played. Yeah, he's he's very squirrely, and like I've got notes about him a little bit later. Um, but he seems, yeah, he comes across like almost as like the kind of he's, he's like a little condescending, but he's kind of a good dude. Maybe <laughs> he's maybe one of the only good dudes. In maybe, the- but he's he's trying. He, he he definitely has like oh he's losing his mind, and I'm gonna prosper. I'm reaping the benefits. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like some John John Lovitz, John Lovitz. vibe in Wedding Singer. Um, can, can we get more John, where do we get John Lovitz in this podcast I don't know why did my parents let me watch anything with John Lovitz <laughs> <laughs> like oh John Lovitz he's harmless <laughs> no no not at all I mean I think didn't he like powerbomb Andy Dick one day <laughs> well he deserved it I'm sure he did I think he was talking bad about Phil Hartman so oh yeah R.I.P. Yeah, I think he like full on WWF to Andy Dick good for him yeah good for him um, so then then we we kind of go out into the street and we've got some street musicians and I was like 80 street musicians full of saxes. Oh man, like bring me to that and I'll just sit there for an hour and watch that. Those guys were so smooth. I want to be a part of that. Where is that like why are, like, in Nashville it's all just some moron with a you know with a guitar sitting on the side of the road or some idiot kid beating on a pickle bucket like where's that kind of craftsmanship it's back in the 80s it's back in the 80s like that's just nobody's gonna play a sax on the street corner it's just high kenny g time people are looking for their kenny g moments i mean i think we have people that play violins but then i think haven't we learned that the violin people are kind of lip syncing yeah it's a scam apparently Uh, but it's so it's great i mean they're putting on a good performance but like yeah they're like outside of whole foods or outside of Publix or Uh, such a and they're playing like current current like top 40s hit Uh, it's so cool i'm so i'm almost as sad that that's fake as i am that karate's fake it's (laughs) (laughs) we're just coming back to like i just want it to be real when i was eight when i learned that magic wasn't real when my parents got me my first magic set and it just didn't give me magic powers it just taught me about illusion i didn't think like oh now i know something that other people don't know it's like oh magic's not real. it just made you sad it just made me sad i'm sorry (laughs) so life has never quite been the same so then he runs into like his brother comes and his brother you know as as we see in in all versions of this you know he's just the you know 
constant optimist and sweet and I don't really know where he fits in all of this but exactly but then he's wearing a tux because he's going to get a humanitarian award which he doesn't give two f's about um and then I have a note that I don't know what it says <laughs> um it says bad something I have uh 45th courthouse station and Dom's bar on the corner oh yeah, yeah, yeah. where his assistant is Bring in Tiny Tim, not Tiny Tim. He's got a name, but he's, he's obviously his name is Calvin. Calvin. He's obviously Tiny Tim, and like, if Dom's Bar is still a place, like we might not get to the Mellow Mushroom that used to be the Wacket Theater. That, uh, <laughs> but well, when you when you give it that cachet, um... <laughs> but if Dom's Bar at the Forty Fifth Station is still a thing. We're going to figure out how to get there, guys, and we, we will let you know how that's doing. All right. All right. I don't know where. I wrote Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, no. I've got that. Okay. So you do have Chernobyl? I do have Chernobyl. It's a, it's a little farther down. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll keep going. Keep going. But I, I did want to, like, say, like, that, I mean, his assistant, it's, it's Alfre Woodard, mm-hmm. you know, just, like, phenomenal actress. Like, oh, yes. You know, huge staple, but she's, she's amazing in this. So... But I just have like a we we have little snippets of Bobcat Goldthwait throughout this, like just having a worse and worse day, and basically it's just like you know he he's he's the one I don't know where he fits in in the whole scheme of of the um, a Christmas Carol, but just things getting worse and worse and worse. He's someone that we've brought up twice in this podcast, and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of that. I mean, there's. There's a, a very few people in the pantheon of this podcast that have come up twice. True. I mean, Pee Wee, Wayne Knight, Michael Douglas. I don't know. There's a handful. <laughs> There's Demi a handful. Moore. But he's he's doing he's doing a lot of work in this movie. So we've got the first ghost. So we've got basically the Marley ghost coming. Um, so the one who's who's his partner, who is basically like his mentor, who led the way, who he's following the path of to come and tell him that this isn't the way. So he's in his golf golfing outfit um, like he died on the golf course. It's it's perfect 80s, whatever. I don't know how the golf ball gets embedded in the brain with that. I don't think it means anything. Okay. I, I really don't. I think it's just, it's supposed to be gross. This, this, it's a really, he's very That's grotesque. Great. This is the scene that my dad was saying, like, like oh, this would be so cool. <laughs> he, he, like, he shoots him. And he's as he's shooting him, he's saying, bang, bang. But he's saying, bang, <laughs> bang, bang, bang at him. He's like, I don't care if you shoot me, but watch the booze. Exactly. He's like, watch the Bacardi. Is what he, watch the Bacardi. He, he, name, he name drops. And then... Then what he says, basically, he's like, you know, that he's an illusion. He's like, the Russian vodka is, is poisoned by Chernobyl. That's okay. That's where Chernobyl comes from. That's where I Chernobyl have, comes from. My credit card will insure me anytime I rent a car. I can rent a car in the Crimean Pen- Peninsula where there is a civil war going on right now and drive it to Pripyat where the Chernobyl meltdown happened. Okay. What I cannot do is rent a car in Northern Ireland interesting i feel like my credit card company is a little behind the times maybe i feel like the troubles in northern ireland are a little in 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 the rearview mirror right now in the past but i did have a note that like well he's like my russian vodka is poisoned by chernobyl is basically his substitute of there's more of gravy than of grave about Mm. you um, it's like you're a bit of spoiled potato of, you know, the, the whole um, denial that Scrooge. Spoiled potato. Yes. I like that. I think that uh, James Bond, when ordering a Vesper Martini for the first time, 
I mean, I he do says, love a Vesper martini. He says many things, but one thing he says that uh, if they had a grain vodka, it would be better than a potato vodka. Well, because it's French, right? A grain vodka is French. Well, I mean, I believe uh, Stolichnaya is a grain vodka. It's not made out of potatoes. Is it? Yeah, but uh, I'm also like, I only have one drink before dinner. I want it very strong and very, very cold. I can agree with that. <laughs> I can agree with that. And so then he, you know, he he puts him out the window, like through the glass, supernaturally. Then his he's grabbing at his arm and the muscles and the ten, like everything's it's gross. It's like pretty a, cool. It, I mean, it's cool. It's, it's very Ghostbusters. You, you see why they got why they got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fine. It's great. So his arm breaks, um, and so he falls, and then we see him kind of falling into his chair or whatever, and his mouth is open. I was like, man, he's got a lot of dental work. That's exactly. I said so many old school fillings. He does. Yes. It's you would never see that now. Never, ever, ever. The next thing I have is that he call the, the the phone calls itself. Yes, I think that's what's his face calling. Yeah, oh, of course it's Jacob Marley or whatever his nuts. I his don't remember what his name but, is. And then her voice. I'm sorry. I don't know. If, I hope this is not inappropriate. No. But I get weak in the knees when I hear Karen Allen's voice. Well, the first ten years of my life, she had my heart. <laughs> Well, the next I, 10 years was Jennifer Connelly and some girls that weren't worth my time in high school. The next 20 are all you. <laughs> I kind of felt that way about Indiana Jones. So <laughs> it's kind of OK. I get it. I, I have a note a little bit later that's of, of sorts. But um, well, it was maybe a flip flop between Indiana Jones and Han Solo. But it was all Harrison Ford. Gotcha. Either gotcha. way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Until I was 10, if there was a girl that made my, me go weak in the knees, it was Karen Allen. <laughs> well, she has a fantastic smile. She's, she does. She does. She's she's so special. So Someone who I knew from record and book before I ever saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. I saw Temple of Doom. But that's, I had, that's right. You saw that But first. I had never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark until much, much later. I It wasn't on. I guess not. I mean, we we had it on. You had tape. it on tape. Yeah, I didn't have it on we, tape, we so you didn't it all watch the time. it. If you didn't have it on tape, you didn't watch it. And yeah, Temple Doom was a no go. Well, Temple Doom is what's her face anyway, right? Kate Capshaw. Yeah. What did we say to my mom? So like that hussy <laughs> or whatever <laughs> that stole Steven Spielberg from Linda Hamilton, right? Was it Linda Hamilton at the time? No, Linda Hamilton was James Cameron. Oh, who was married to Steven Spielberg? I don't. I, I don't think you know her. I don't know. Okay, then we've got... Oh, I just had a note that, like, the executive that uh, does come and tell him that the ad that's so terrifying has killed a lady, um, she just died of a heart attack, is the sister in Romancing the Stone. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man, we're having so many 80s callbacks. Right, right, right. So, yeah, she's she's doing all the good work. Um, She's fantastic in this as well. Uh, but yeah, she she doesn't get to play much of a role. But yeah, she's 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 a, a a podcast alum. I just have I've never seen your hair so short. <laughs> His hair is not short. It's not short. I wrote earlier on, but I didn't say it. But like tragic hairlines. Oh yeah, I, I have that. There are so like, many tragic hairlines in this film. Oh yeah, everybody's like, we don't care. Nobody cares about men's hair. This is definitely an era where people don't care. Um, and then the- I've got Charles Dickens would want to see her nipples. <laughs> <laughs> or navels, if you will. I 
I bet Charles Dickens would want to see her nipples. Probably so, but we saw her the like the little top little edge of her nipples. Uh, it, it you know what did the solid gold girls? I wrote later on. That's the last thing I have on this. Is I want to like what? Who are the solid gold dancers? I kind of remember the solid gold dancers being a thing, but I don't remember what they were attached I to. I think this might. I could be in frigging sane. But this could be like a third-rate Soul Train hosted by Dion Warwick that like maybe a Gib was involved in. Solid and, Gold. And then maybe maybe like was killed by Arsenio Hall. All of that is totally just, feasible. Though that could be that could be just some internet K-hole I went on 20 years ago that is compl- I'm just completely imagining. But I want to – that's the last thing I wrote on this is look up solid gold dancers to see who they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I so, remember – they're in my brain. Um, and see, I, they have no place in my brain, but solid gold. just They just exist. I feel like that's a Dion Warwick property, and I don't know why I feel like Gibbs and Halls are I have thing. no idea, but I, I – this movie was not part of my zeitgeist, so it's not a reference to this movie. And I knew that they, they existed, so they, they had to be somewhere. This is where I have now hair talk. Okay. And I've got, yeah, his hairline is always terrible. That, like, whatever in the front and the huge swoopy backs and... Oh, there's so much party uh, in the back. No matter what uh, is, no matter what tragedy is happening up front, there is some party in the back. Definitely. Then, yeah, then her saying, like, I've never seen your hair this short... <laughs> And then we do see it later, and it is, oh, it's bad. It's so bad. He is 38 while filming this. <laughs> she is 37. Oh, she's a fine 37. She is, she's fine. She's beautiful. But 37 then is not 37 now. No, that it's wouldn't, not. That wouldn't pass for 47 now in Hollywood. It would probably not, no. It's, it's a tough, it's tough. I mean, I, I I will say, like, you know, so we've got a new Sex and the City series that's getting ready to come out, and um, people are, you know, giving them some shit about, uh, you know, Miranda's hair is gray, and they look she older. She looks fabulous. And, and Sarah Jessica Parker's like, what do you want us to do? Like, we're 50. Right. Like, we exist. Do you want us to stop existing? I mean, Kristen Davis's fillers I think are the weirdest thing about them. And I hate it because she'd probably be just be gorgeous without them. And for some reason, she felt like she needed to do that. And that's because a a system exists that makes ladies feel that way. It does, but then also, too, if that's what makes her feel better, then she gets to do that. That's fine. Absolutely. But it's like, exactly. Like, are we supposed to just stop existing? Because at some point, everything you do, there's only so much you can do. You just are older. And being someone who is, like, on the precipice of that, it is very existential. Like, I'm just going to get older, and I don't exactly know how that works. Like, I can't even think about it. Like, it's weird, but not that not that I want to get, like, totally into that. But I feel like we've mentioned on the podcast that I feel like that Dudley Booger Dawson is the same character throughout all of his yeah. iterations. Yeah. And that I want to try to come up with a world where uh, Elizabeth Berkeley, all of her iterations are the same character. Yes. And this week, Saved by the Bell season two <laughs> came out. Uh-huh. And I do believe I showed you a clip that there is a moment where like, 
They're saying, what the hell happened in Vegas? Yeah, they're like, channel the girl in Vegas. And she goes, crazy, just basically quoting lines from striptease. And then Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Lark Rohrhees are like, what did you do in Vegas? <laughs> Love it. That's fantastic. So I, I am, yeah, I, I feel like every character she has played is the same character. She doesn't have a scar now, so we need to figure out how exactly that works out for CSI. But uh, but yeah, I, I feel like my metaverse theory has come together. Like, up your Spider-Man. Uh, my metaverse <laughs> of, of uh, Elizabeth Berkeley and Dudley Booger Dawson. That's the true metaverse. Okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. I don't have anything before. I thought you were Richard Pryor. And then three lines deep, all capital letters, don't do an impression. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Well, first of all, um, she calls him Lumpy. And then it's like, okay, we got to figure out why that is. That's a weird nickname. Um, which it's we, cute because we learn why. We, we do learn why. Um, but he says, you need to quit that goddamn hammering. That right there. Circle is 100% why we didn't watch this movie. Mm. If if we had gotten this far, it would have been shut down right there. That's that's the moment. I mean, I think we've said that like in Tremors. That's what got Tremors shut off. That's what we, I said, would have gotten uh, Romancing the Stone shut off in the mm-hmm. first three minutes. But I don't think, we, we didn't even sit down to watch this movie, but if there was a pre-watch, which I don't know what, what movies were pre-screened that then were vetoed, um, but that definitely would have been a thing. And then I've got bad teeth. We get some real close-ups on some teeth. Oh, man. Are you talking about... Uh... Bryce. Yes. Oh, they're terrible. They're so bad. We'd never have that now, especially someone who's talking about his lacrosse. Um, oh no! Like he's he would have perfect teeth mm-hmm. in 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 2010. He would have perfect teeth, let alone 2021. Right. So I mean, okay. So you're saying like he's the best dude in this movie? Maybe he is, but he's he's also scheming. He knows what he's doing. He specifically got out of the elevator earlier to put some shade of doubt into Bill Murray's head. That is like, this is this guy that we I met before. Um, oh, actually, that's where Spago comes from, is from him. I'm going to go meet with the executive executive, the guy who's your boss. And yeah, like we, we went to school together, some nepotism <laughs> involved. And so he's, no matter what, how powerful he feels like he is and the way that he throws his weight with everybody else, he does not feel, feel secure in his job now. And that's just kind of the world that's been built. But so they're at lunch. Um, actually, he's at lunch with Robert Mitchum and then other dude shows up and that, you know, throws everything off. He's already had Jacob Marley ghost. So he's already kind of questioning what he's seeing. He knows another ghost is supposed to be coming. And so then he kind of starts to go on the realm of like disbelieving what he's seeing. This, you know, this guy being number one. Do you recognize the waiter in that scene? I recognize him, yes, but I don't I know. I can't place him, but I recognize him. He, he's a him. British dude who like, like shows up and stuff. Um, he might be kind of in the Monty Python universe or in some of that, but I do recognize him, yes. But then, so he's seeing, he sees an eyeball in his glass and he freaks out about. Then he sees the waiter who's doing a baked Alaska, which is flambéed, like start to catch fire. And he's like seeing this guy like, go up in flames. My baked Alaska's never quite flambé, right? I, I don't... We, we haven't tried it in a long time. Uh, it's been a minute, yeah. But I also thought, like, 
he really strikes me as this kind of person who would not be moved who would by kind someone of laugh catching, about somebody exactly, catching on fire who would not be concerned that no one else was seeing this uh, he i don't feel like he's there yet he get he, he that's what he's moving towards that's what this whole experience is supposed to be doing but i do not think he'd give any fucks about this guy actually on fire so I much so do an impression so bad so much so that he throws a bucket of water on him and says I thought, I thought you, you were Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor. I do an impression so bad. No. Oh my goodness. I want to do an impression so bad. No. <sighs> so then he goes I, out. Have you seen the one where you're like, I'm not I'm not gonna do an impression, but he just like lights a match. Yes. And just like but but the, 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 like what's that? Like it's Richard Pryor running down the street. <laughs> yes, I've seen that special. <laughs> like however many people have tried to freebase and no one ever blew it up but me. <laughs> No impression. I'm just I'm right. Just exactly, y'all out there. That's what that's referencing. You may or may not know that, but Richard. Oh yeah, Pryor, Richard Pryor was trying to freebase and explode. Richard Pryor was a comedian, and, and he was extremely the 70s and 80s. funny. Extremely funny. Very popular. And he was trying very to successful. Freebase back before they had crack. He was trying to make his own crack, and he exploded. Basically. And yeah. Yeah. So then he goes out and grabs a taxi. He leaves. He gets in the taxi. And now we meet the ghost of Christmas past, who is kind of a quirky looking dude. I, why did I think it was Joe Piscopo? Because Joe Piscopo is a comedian. It, he's in Saturday Night Live. I yeah. Just, I just, but it's not. It's bu- Buster Pointer Point from the New York Dolls. He's like, hot, hot, hots. Feeling hot, hot, hots. Yes. Um, he's in a lot of movies, but that's really like probably where every, anyone else knows him from. I just I couldn't believe it. I kind of looked through just before we recorded all the things that he all the movies he was in and I've seen every movie he's ever been in. So he has them go back to 1955, which like that's the magic year for all movies. Apparently, <laughs> if you're gonna time travel, you go to 55. You know? 1955. Yes, that's the year time travel was invented. Yes, it was. Like just in November. So, I mean, this is Christmas Eve, and so, you know, time, <laughs> time travel was invented about one month prior. <laughs> so all of this is capable. You know, we have to see like exactly when. Oh, I have to go deeper on that. Like, when was the clock tower struck? Um, it was post that. Yeah, it was post that. But it was 1955. Um, I feel like it was probably sometime in December, but. Maybe it's late November because it's November fifteenth. Yeah, I when, when's the when's the enchantment under the sea dance? All all of this stuff's getting ready to happen, and he doesn't, like the, the, he doesn't stuff, even know. All this stuff just happened, and Bill Murray has no concept. No of concept. It. All he knows is he wanted a choo choo. He wanted a choo choo. He's watching the Lone Ranger. His 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 dad being played by his brother. brother. I just wrote complicated in almost <laughs> as big of letters as i said don't do impression of richard Pryor. <laughs> i mean it works it works i guess he's a butcher he brings him some veal for christmas then mom who's pregnant with baby brother who seems much younger yes it yes. does not seem like he was born in 1955 like, in I'm 1988 because i would i guess i mean he's 33 he could be 33 but he seems younger than that. But yeah, she's like, I'm going out. She's in her bathrobe, but she's going out. It feels very Kristen Stewart in music and lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out. Is that Kristen Stewart? Um, no. Kristen, jo- 
what is her name? Oh my gosh, she's in Third Rock from the Sun. She's the Russian chick in the second Austin Powers movie. It's not Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart is the uh, oh oh she's she's <laughs> Twilight the Vampire. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay no, but you you guys all know who I'm talking about and music and lyrics was hilarious yeah. go watch that 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 is a fun movie it, it's delightful it, it, it's actually it's not a holiday movie but it feels like a holiday a movie little bit a little bit yeah so we got but um buster poindexter and then so he's going to he goes to like it's the christmas party oh i have before that okay he's sitting on the floor watching howdy doody mm-hmm. right in front of the tv mm-hmm. i remember my parents i would just sit so close to the tv i could see the rgb pixels on the tv mm-hmm. I mean, that's how close i was sitting right i can smell the kerosene heater right there on my right on the i don't know why we had a kerosene heater in front of our fireplace we didn't have a fire <laughs> we had a kerosene heater and i don't know why we never burst into flames i don't know why i'm still alive right now and then just like you know, if you sit that close to the TV, you're going to rot your brain. <laughs> I mean, that feels like something that someone is saying because they've just heard it and they're just I, repeating it. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there's some cyberpunk something in there. Like, you know, I remember I used to sit right in front of the TV and my parents said it was going to rot your brain if you keep on staring at that monitor. Like, 40 years later, the corporations, the entire planet, is, you know, the entire planet is sitting there doing nothing but staring at that monitor. <laughs> and the corporations have rotted all of our brains. I don't know. No, there's some probably some truth to that. Have you ever Xeroxed anything? Like a body part? Is yeah. that what you're asking? No. No. Man, that's that's disappointing. I could I could usually like, oh yes, like here's a Xerox of my butt when I was fifteen, when Xeroxes were still a thing. When I was fifteen? I, uh, I when I was fifteen I would have had to go to Kroger and pay fifteen cents for that Xerox. We put a church? We put a church when we were like eleven. I don't think I used the one at church. But that, that's the thing. You could go to the grocery store. And there was a Xerox machine that you, that you could put like a diamond and make copies that you made copies for class for high school. When I was 17, I made about 20 copies of the devil horns. <laughs> <laughs> How much did that cost you? I did it at church, so it didn't cost me oh, anything. Oh, the devil horns at church. Yeah. I got a-, like a Sharpie and, you know, wrote <laughs> on them. Like, I, I don't think we were the Mr. Rogers cult explosion at that time. I think we were... Um, we were minion. We like decided to stop being the Mister Rogers Cult Explosion and start being minion. Mm. You could minion trained- did not age well as a metal band. No, not really. And impressions. <laughs> so yeah, the Mister Rogers Cult Explosion is kind of a punk rap horrorcore whatever spoken word that it didn't hold up well, but it held up better than minion. <laughs> right so okay then we've got he's showing him his childhood then he's showing him meeting karen allen oh he's in the party like he's you know he's he's not involved in the corporate party you know golf dude is like there's a party going on you should be part of it like tina's xeroxing her ass like and showing everybody not really she's actually got a lot of coverage honestly um i mean even yeah but then she's like offering, you know, and he realizes he's like, man, I could have like hooked up with her. Um, I guess that was probably in in the 60s or so. 
Yeah, it's supposed to be Late like 60s, 60, early 70s. 67, 68, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I guess like the solid gold dancers were in like way like up cut, but uh, I guess, yeah, they're going back to the 60s and 70s. Yeah, it's so. the 60s and 70s. So then he goes to the grocery store. Were there Xerox machines in the 60s and 70s? I guess so. Or were there like teletypes and crap like that? There probably were both still. I don't know. There was dual technology. I love an almost famous when Ben Vong Torres is saying like, talking about the fax machines like yeah like we can send 15 pages every day it only costs like 27 dollars <laughs> 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 yeah so he meets karen allen at the grocery store because he's like going in and coming out or whatever she hits him with the door and knocks him down and basically, it's a meat cute, um, and pretty good meat cute. It's a very good, good meat cute. But that's why she calls him lumpy because she hit him in the head, and I guess he's got a lump in his head. But he's got a lumpy head anyway. But so they meet, and then we we flash forward. You know, he's doing a kids show where he's in a dog suit. And, you know, he's really hustling, trying to make this work. And head of a network is like. Uh, who's dead now, you know, his mentor, he's making dinner plans, wife is out of town, so he's going to go with the with his secretary. And he says, you should come, bring your girl. And then she shows up at work, which, why is she showing up at work anyway? Um, but he's like, we got we were to- in our 20s, I showed up at your work all the time. It was, but yeah, you did, but it's, it seemed different. It was a public, it was a much more public place. That's true. Um, but so then he's like, oh, you know, we, we need to go to dinner with, cause this is like a huge deal. Like the head of a network is like invited us to dinner and she's like, we're going to dinner with our best friends. It's Christmas Eve. It's what we do. And I was just like, I'm sorry. I mean, I guess I'm the asshole here. I'd be Maybe like, it's our personality types, but it's like once in a lifetime opportunity versus dinner with people we eat with friends with all, the we time. all the time. They they should get it. If they don't get it, then they're not my friends. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally am on his side on this. Yeah, I was like, I guess we're c- complete corporate yuppie assholes. <laughs> um, I mean, I I do regularly say in my job that I am the corporate stooge you know but yeah like like if there's FaceTime to be had and someone's inviting you to some big thing that like is it a huge you know maybe break for your career um of course we're gonna do that yes we're gonna do that and if like you, you're some sort of weird hippie and you don't get that then bye <laughs> um and she seems to she's like I guess we should separate like I'll tell them you were hung up I'm like I'm sorry. I don't think that he's in the wrong on this, personally. No, 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 no. I, I definitely think that. Next note I have is Anne Ramsey. Anne Ramsey. Do you... We're, we're already into uh, Christmas present, so anything you have before we get there? Um, Basically, I just have that, like, Carol Kane is crazy. Is she ever not oh, crazy? I love Carol Kane. Oh, she's amazing. I love her, but is she never not just absolutely bonkers in everything that she does? I, I mean, this taxi, princess like the the princess bride. I just I I just love everything she's ever been in. I mean, yeah, I I would say taxi is probably what I think of her most from, which is weird that I would no taxi but nick at night just happened yeah we watched taxi and nick at night just showed what nick at night showed my parents just assumed it was appropriate for all ages and i'm not sure that taxi was but i mean taxi welcome back danny devito 
Yeah. Danny DeVito, uh, Tony Danza. We haven't got Tony Danza in this yet. Not yet. I don't yet. know if we're going to get him. Are we going to get to, uh, oh man, I can't even, th- what's the movie that he's in? I, I don't even know a movie that he's in. Okay. Is he in a movie with Will Smith? Tony Danza? Yeah. Not that I'm aware okay, of. Okay, maybe that, not. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. But yeah, I have uh, Anne Ramsey. Um, she died in August of 1988. This movie came out in um, in November of 1988. So she was already gone when this movie came out. Okay. If, if you don't know her, she's from Throw Mama from the Train. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, the Goonies mom. She's Goonies. And she kind of... Like multiple times, I mean, she was nominated for a uh, for an Oscar for Throw Mama from the Train. Won two Oscars for both uh, for Goonies and for Throw Mama. She won an Oscar. No, not Oscars. Won two Saturn Awards, which are my Oscars. (laughs) Okay, the Saturn Awards are my Oscars. They're you know for sci-fi, fantasy, and action. So that that's what I consider the true Oscars for the Saturn Awards. And she's won two of them for Goonies and for Throw Mama from the Train. Nice and. She was 59 years old when she passed away. Oh, man. That's young, and she looks She looks Very rough. old. Now, of course, she's playing a homeless person in this she's movie. playing a homeless but... person in Throw Mama from the Train. She's kind of saying, like, I'm playing a lot of very ugly characters, and, you know, that everything nasty and ugly that I've ever had to say has been said in this, and the rest of my life is going to be about beauty. <laughs> and Aww. And like you know, I know that people don't find me physically attractive, but I'm a beautiful woman. And I, where can we get some more of her? Oh, that's lovely. That, yeah, that's uh, lovely. I, I would really like to look back maybe at her career and see what else she's done. And, and yeah, especially yeah, as a younger woman, since her life was cut so short. Um, I just have, I have some note that honestly, literally, I don't know what it says. Um, but then I just have that they go to. I think it's to her brother, his brother's house, and she calls the dog Cujo. <laughs> she's just all about. She's like, "Ooh, be rough with me." I like that, like the whole time. But before that, I I wrote that uh, I have a momentary like, who directed this? Kind of on my phone as I was watching the movie, and mm-hmm. Richard Donner directed this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. In between this and recording, watching and recording, I guess that Richard Donner and Bill Murray both hate this film. And both think that kind of the other was responsible for ruining a great script. Hmm. And that Bill Murray says that Richard Donner was always telling him to just be louder. And I mean, and, and Bill Murray thinks that ruined the movie. I feel like him being loud. That's just that, him. that makes this movie. It does, but it is him being him. And I have some notes on that a little bit later. Like we get into like true Bill Murray dumb. But yeah, but like, Bill Murray thinks he should have played it more like. Rushmore or uh, so Lost was, in Translation. Lost was, in Translation directed and produced by the same person. Or not directed, written and produced by the same person. Uh, that was Sofia Coppola. Yeah, so that's a directed or written and produced. Written and produced. Oh, oh so you're saying like because it wasn't written and... Well, it d- direct, different director, but like, yeah, he feels like he should have played it more like that. So he was already in that realm of starting to want to kind of pull back I, and, I feel like that understated i don't think that would have worked at all i don't this. i don't know this, I feel like yeah, this is an obnoxious crazy, character yeah. and this is a person who's losing their grip on reality so. i feel like richard donner wins on this one probably so i mean yeah i definitely have like later on like i mean we get into bill murray saturday night live full-fledged but did you see the uh carol kane when they're when she's first introduced she has a sign next to her that says the ball breaker suite yes yeah the nutcracker suite 
Yes, exactly. And then she yeah, floats around and then she she kicks him in the balls. Yes. Um. Yeah, she's she's crazy just like slapping and punching and whatever this whole time. So I'm not exactly sure what that's supposed to represent in his present life, but it, you know, it's something. Um, I say that Sam Raimi's entire career. Oh, you did say and I didn't you didn't you didn't say who. I didn't but- say who. I would say you go watch that scene of Carol Kane and Bill Murray where she's poking him in the eyes. He's ha 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 with his hand well, blocking. Well, but that's Three Stooges. And he's going ha ha and kind of really lots of Three Stooges mm-hmm. and stuff and the Danny Elfman music and then go watch Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness. That is He's not doing the Three Stooges. He says he's doing the Three Stooges. He's doing Scrooged. But when's what's the timing on that? Oh, the uh, ninety three. Oh, okay. Five years later. Okay. No, he's doing Scrooged. He says he's doing the Three Stooges. Bill Murray and Carol Kane were doing the Three Stooges. He's doing Scrooged. Mm, okay. Calling yeah, calling go, out shots fired. No, not shots fired. Shot. No. No. No shots fired. <laughs> Just game recognized game. <laughs> all right so then so we we'd already gone to in the present day no i guess he actually went present day and went to the shelter Mm -hmm. and they thought he he was richard burton and he does a little richard burton impression and and all of that stuff um but then we roll back and he's in he's locked in kind of an under the ground, you know, un- under one of those grates that I'm terrified to walk over. He's kind of real, like he's kind of- In all of, fairness, you might lose a heel in one of those. For sure, for sure. Um, that's what I'm afraid of because they're not stable and who knows. Well, our grates in Nashville have kind of been blown up by a terrorist and- Quite a few of them, them have, yeah. So, but then we've got little little guy and he's frozen, you know, he's like kind of the angelic. He's almost represents to me the um, the Clarence character mm, from Clarence. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, he's the Tiny Tim of this story. We think the Tiny Tim is is little dude who can't talk, but this is the Tiny Tim of this story. He is. He's just the, kind of the optimist, and he's smiling, and he's frozen, and he's angry at him because he's like, if you just stayed with Karen Allen, she would have taken care of you. You would have had food. You didn't have to be here. He's down there with a little Christmas tree, which I guess is, is his personal space. Um, but I also have, have you ever seen Roxanne? I haven't. It's Cyrano de Bergerac. I mean, it's a play on that, but he's in. He's it's in Steve Martin with a big nose. Yes, okay. but he's a firefighter. He's like a fire chief in this weird small town, um, and this guy is on is on the uh, fire okay. squad too, and he plays a weird quirky character too, and that's where I know him from first, <laughs> and so he just plays a strange character. Um, but so that's just immediately where I go with that. That's, that's something like we should watch. I mean, it wasn't forbidden. We watched it a ton. It's got a lot of sexual stuff, but, uh, we watched it. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I have the hip hop binder. I have that next to like, what do we do with that? Who knows? <laughs> it probably has to go with the solid gold dancers. I guess. Cause nobody else knows what hip hop is probably getting ready for this production. And a then I have that says free South Africa. But that's also in the um, Alfred Woody, Woodard's house. Yeah. Yeah. So that that, f- that shows up a couple of times. Um, then I've got a blood moon. Okay. He's like looking outside and, and the moon is getting like bloodier and bloodier uh, as he's getting ready for ghost number three. Okay. 
So then I just have, I love a TV production room when they're getting ready for like the show and it's like camera one, camera two. Like you see all the cameras. Too scary. I I love those scenes. I don't know why. They're just so fun. You can just see everything that's happening and like how they put it all together. It's just, I don't know. That's my personal thing. Um, Then I've got that the cats, uh, the cats are watching the TV uh, and are drawn in by the mouse. I have rich old white man has a can of Budweiser served on a silver platter. <laughs> there must have been some sort of uh, of product placement money there. I, mean, Had I, just, to have been. I, I don't feel like I don't know. I'm going to go to 1998 or 1988 Playboy, and I'm going to see like what were rich old white men drinking in 1988. Yeah, that that's probably yeah. They they would be dialed into that. So I'll, I'll get into that. I bet you it's cheap vodka and maybe some aperitifs or, or liqueurs. You know, they're probably drinking like amaretto in a little glass or something. Uh. Yeah, there's so many better ways to drink that. People just people I just didn't know how to drink. I know. It's it's fair. It's fair. Next thing I have is three shots from a double-barreled shotgun. Yeah, that's not how that works. Uh, I don't think. I don't I have not shot a shotgun before, but I'm pretty sure a double-barrel means... You've never even ha- like, been at like, church camp and my dad brought a shotgun and you shot... like I shot his rifles. Clay pigeons or whatever? Rifles. Okay, and you've never shot a shotgun? No. Huh. Oh, wow. No, rifles. Yeah, there's a lot of children that shot their first gun because of my dad oh yeah i I did too i'm a pretty good shot (laughs) i don't exactly know how to unpack that in the current world i mean i've shot a lot of guns i haven't fired a firearm in over 20 years but that's a lot to unpack the last firearm i shot was going to a handgun safety class with your dad that's true it was all day. I don't know what happened. Time was lost. There was a weird glass. <laughs> we didn't wind up shooting until like almost 9 p.m. But we do see Bobcat Goldthwaite reload the shotgun, except the first time where he shoots three shots. Right. We do see him reload it every two shots after, after that. that. They yeah. just, that was, that was a Foley issue. Exactly. Um, I do have earlier, and I didn't say it, like, why doesn't he go home? We like we. <laughs> well, see he says him, he goes home and his wife leaves him. But he and then he gets drunk. But we don't. There's not enough time to go by. Like we could have seen that. We could have seen him at least attempt to go home. We see him out. Whatever. Then we see him get trying to get liquor like multiple times and it gets ruined. But yeah, he gets fired and his wife is. Oh yeah, like we have to move because you don't have your job anymore. Like, she doesn't sound like a very nice person. She doesn't. But I don't think that's true. He is saying these things while he's sitting. He's like, oh, honey. Like, he's confabulating what he's going to tell her. He's sitting outside in the kind of the courtyard area on the street. And he's like, I'm sorry, honey. Like, we're going to have to, like, move into a studio apartment. And we're going to have to do this. And we're going to have to do that. Like, we see. We've lived in crappy apartments in the ghetto. And we were together. And it was great. It was great. It was fine. Like, and I don't know. Like, he's making some sort of, like, okay salary, probably. I don't know what she's doing. But he's he's confabulating all that. We always see all his side. We never see him actually go to her. We never see her kick him out. We never see he's just imagining basically all those stuff. If she so, kicks him out after getting fired from that job, like he could do better. He's got a TV executive job. He's fine. There's it, there's a job at another station. If he walks in and he goes like, oh, like, what's his face? Fire me. You're like, oh, f- he's fired everybody. Like, I'm pretty sure it's like a Miranda Priestly. It's 1988. 
Ted Turner needs some help. Right. Exactly. Ted Turner is about to launch, you know, his media empire. He's hiring everybody he can get his hands on. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that what's his face cross. Bobcat Goldthwait could be like the president of WCW wrestling (laughs) (laughs) right now. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Like that's that's where I'm like, we don't see that. I'm not. He could be on the Nashville network. He's saying his life is ruined and like his wife has already left with his daughter and he's kicked out. Like, like it has been less than 24 hours. Yeah, she's a bad person if I that's actually happened. I, I'm i going to put it out there. I think he's lost lost attachment with reality. They both have. Um, and this is not, none of this has happened. That's, that's my opinion. Okay, and then I, I have like, so he's shooting at him. He's trying to get away like. Elevator doors have never closed that fast. Never, ever. <laughs> never, ever. I think in New York, though, if you press the closed door button, that actually works. Didn't we read that somewhere? That's the, the only state where the closed door button actually does anything? I'm not sure. You could tell. You could have told me the opposite, and okay. I would believe you. Um, I have so, the third ghost. Do you have anything before the third ghost? Um, we got the, no, just the third ghost. I said the third ghost owes a lot to Freddy Krueger. Okay. His head is a TV, and his body is a bunch of souls. We we watched part three. We didn't watch part four, where Freddy's body is like full of souls of everybody that he. But yeah, there's a lot of grossness in, in that way. I mean, like, but that that concept is not new. Like, if you watch the like the George C. Scott one, it's not like souls, like gross puppet type things, but it's actually children. Mm. He opens his robe and is there's like two children in his robe, and they're like despair and something it's like their names he's talking about just like the whole that that's those are the children that you bring into the world and this and that so i don't know if i've ever seen the george c scott i think the only i think i've only seen mickey's christmas carol and a muppet christmas carol so i think that that idea is probably dickens like Hmm. i think the only yeah the way it's represented is is probably very freddy-esque yes it says very freddy krueger and then the orderly at the loony bin is very freddy mercury the orderly at the loony bin is. Well, and also because they like, like walk in that weird triangular room. Right, I had that. I that had, is a very I had, like, nightmare Dutch, on Elm Street. Like Dutch angles and like Calgary. Because he's and... like leaning. Oh, 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 very Calgary. Well, Calgary wouldn't. Would there would be no right angle, or there nothing would be straight. Everything would be, you know, if it it's was like, German expressionism. Everything would be twisted. And but like this, this is what the mo- like modern like which, modern which German can't be more than 10 years earlier so we see calvin in in the like in a mental institution and he's like in a padded room she's wearing some robes as if she's in dune <laughs> i mean like is this is like far future like we're in an all like completely alternate universe we're living in a different way and i'm like that's that's weird that's not that's not what's happening but then we get into then we see um karen allen who's like taking his advice and she's like a high society and she's got these hats and that and, is some german expression oh, she like, is dressed up like she's a silent film star powdered makeup super white and red lips and just it's not pretty like we see all the lines we see her yellow teeth we see all of that to be just an outward representation of how like ugly she is because of how ugly her soul has become mm-hmm. and but then we do see him we see like the funeral scene where it's it's proposed to be him and we see wendy and she's got this veil so it's like this very like just over the top costuming in terms of oh but know. she's all gray he's got a mustache like he lived a pretty long and happy life I mean, you know. yeah i mean if we're, we're 
If we're going to be like, you're going to die young, we should die younger than that. I mean, they're at least 30. They're at least 20 years older, younger. 30. Older. Because they're, they ha- they're 33. Right. They're 33 when we meet them. They're at least 30 years older. I mean, fi- they're not 53. No, with that, like, they're 60s. And then they're 60s. So he's in his, he's almost in his 60s. He's in his 70s. He's in his 70s. Like, that's a pretty decent life. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not a cut at your prime. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Then I was just like, do people watch cremations? I don't think so. I actually listened to a podcast, I think, about somebody who that was kind of her job for a bunch of years. Like, somebody has to watch Cremation. I'm sure, but probably the family does not. No, no, no. But they're allowed to. And then she says that a lot of them do. Oh, weird. Wow. And she said, like, you know, an old crematorium kind of has its place where things, whatever. And then, like, the first time you run a crematorium, sometimes fat, like, shoots out the door <gasps> and lands in your lap. And oh, the, oh, my gosh. She's like, oh, like, I... Like, yeah, like the old, you know, crematorium director who was like 70. It was like, oh, yeah, like that, that sometimes happens the first time you break in a new cremator. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, sorry about that. I should have told, should have warned you about That's that. terrifyingly awful. Oh, my gosh. Then I got, uh, now we got Bill Murray singing. That's what he does. With- Before that, I have, what time is it? Oh, someone stole my watch, <laughs> which is a pretty good line. <laughs> and then, so, no, I said, like, if we could have him sing fa la 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 again, I mean, I know that he and Richard Donner both don't, and this is maybe kind of a middle-of-the-road critical movie, but it's worth it for that. Ghostbusters 2 is worth it for him singing your level, lift me higher, and this for the fa la 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 like, it's worth it. It's worth it. But it, it falls back to him doing like the jazz singer stuff in SNL when he's like, Star Wars, Star Wars, like way back from the mic. And like, it, he's so totally what's it going to take to get him to sing that. again? I don't, I don't know. He, I felt like he's shut that part of his life off. Like this was, that's, if he didn't want to go loud, he didn't want to do that. He was done doing that. Okay. He wanted to move into Wes Anderson territory. I guess. And give this up. I um, wrote the, the theme of this movie is basically people on the streets. Why can't we give love one more chance? Love dares you to care for the people living at the edge of the night and dares you to change the way of caring about ourselves. This is our last chance. This is our last chance. This is ourselves. Under pressure. <laughs> that's basically the theme of this film basically if it's it not is. then come at me bro i mean i have to say that his speech uh you know albeit all crazy as it is at the end it kind of made me emotional a little bit in a way that like traditional christmas carol never has mm. it felt more real i i don't know i mean so i will say that it, it did what it was trying to do I mean, I would say his speech at the end of this and his speech at the end of Ghostbusters 2 mm-hmm. are, are some of maybe the more inspiring speeches of the 90s or the, of the 80s. Yeah. I, I, I don't doubt it. Like Ghostbusters 2, like we've taken a we've taken a poll. There are 10 million miserable assholes out there. <laughs> <laughs> and like we should all just try to be nicer to each other. <laughs> like, you know, it's New Year's Eve. It's the Big Apple, like Lady Liberty saying, like, let's get some good tunes out of you. I mean, (laughs) right. It's like, we're New Yorkers. (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, that's basically kind of where 
where we come to, we have we have some like I have the weird censorship lady. So she's gotten beat up throughout this movie, mm. um, but then she really takes advantage of the fact that uh, <laughs> Mr. Bryce, who's kind of the interloper, is tied up, and she like goes for it, and it's like, oh okay, she's she's like, uh-huh. uh when when she sees like the kissing of the mistletoe. So I'm not sure she's really down for truly censoring. She just isn't into nips, but. I just, there's something to be said there. We, we just talked about our Mr. What's-His-Nuts in uh, in Britain who just really hated nunchucks. And- right. So, yeah, like, we, we kind of finished with that. Like, everybody's happy. Everybody's kissing. Everybody's, you know, we, we've got Calvin who speaks for the first time in five years and says, like, you know, God bless us, everyone. And, you know, finishes out us out the theme of the movie. Um, and then we have Bill Murray breaking the fourth wall and singing, singing like about C- like he's like Seymour, like from uh, Feed me Seymour. Right. From, <laughs> from Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. He's totally breaking the fourth like, not wall. Not just the left hand side, not just the right hand side yeah, of the theater. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, and they actually do it, like just the men singing, just the women singing. Yeah. I mean, crazy moment here. Gremlins 2, we've just, we talked about. Mm-hmm. Gremlins 2 had a moment where the gremlins get into the projector booth. Oh, I do remember that, And actually. so they go in and get Hulk Hogan out of the theater, and he tears his shirt off and yells at the gremlins to get out of the projection booth, <laughs> and they get out of the projection booth. When it was released on home theater... They completely changed it because it wouldn't make any sense on VHS. Right. So what do they do? Uh, they get John Wayne to shoot them all at his ranch because they're messing with the VCR. And his ranch? What? What? Why are, is the VCR? I don't know. It's not worth asking. <laughs> it <laughs> makes so much more sense in the movie theater. Right. Right. They should have just not even. It's even better at the drive-in. When you go see it at the drive-in and then like people are, gremlins are making shadow puppets and then Hulk Hogan comes up and screams at them yeah, all. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it makes so much sense. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I have. I have, I do have a note that is unintelligible <laughs> um, as my last note, which it must have been important. It's literally the last thing I wrote, but. The last thing I wrote was, I don't know who the solid gold dancers are. And okay. I want to. All right. Well, that's, that's your homework assignments. I've got so many homework assignments. That's just what I do is homework. That, that That's what I do when I don't do this podcast is do homework assignments. But you like it. I really do. It's just sort of what I do for a living. <laughs> It's just, yeah. It's, it's my hobby is just reading too much about something. I mean, everyone thinks like the deep dives, like, oh, man, all this extra work you're doing. Like, no, he'd be doing this anyway, y'all. Yeah. I finished Denise Richards' autobiography. Mm-hmm. She seems like a really nice girl. I, she probably is. She probably got a bum rap. I, I mean, she went from having no movies ever in a theater to having three movies in a theater to being... Like, hooked up with one of the richest men in Hollywood in two years. It's so much. Crazy. It's so much. And then was just sort of a mom for a bunch of years, and then was sort of a mom slash husband or wife to somebody who had a lot of mental health issues. And, I mean, God bless her. I mean, some of the language in this thing from 20 years ago almost is not aged well, but she's talking about, like, you know, talking to detectives. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Charlie's locked in a hotel room. He's threatening to kill himself. Well, you know, what were you doing? Well, we were eating dinner with, you know, with the kids, and he brought six hookers with him. And uh-huh. six hookers? Like, well, how many hookers are in the hotel room with him? I'm like, I think only one. <laughs> and it's just... 
Oh, that's that's so <sighs> sad. I mean, because like you got to think like that has to just beat on your self esteem too. Because here she she's this beautiful woman, which it, it doesn't make a difference one way or the other. Like if you've fallen in love with someone and you built like a life you with someone, and, your and whether children, you're, your three children to dinner. Yeah. And you just expect your ex-husband isn't going to bring six sex workers with him. Yeah. I think that's a, it should be, it should be a given. Yeah. But obviously for him, it's not. I mean, lots of people have problems with like grandpa's new wife or whatever, like let alone six sex workers. I don't know. I, well, he's got tiger blood, so. I guess, I guess. I don't but know yeah, what that means. She, I don't know. Like I said, I'm sure this thing is goes written. I'm sure it's written to make her look good, but uh well, but Charlie Sheen has done a lot to make her. Yeah, Charlie too. Sheen hasn't done anything to make himself seem positive. No. So no. If he wants to write an autobiography, Forbidden Cinema, it will go on the bookshelf for sure. For sure, <laughs> we will we will give it equal importance. Exactly. What else you got, babe? That's that's all I got. We're I'm ready. I'm ready for Christmas. I'm in the holiday spirit. This is this has gotten me there. So let's see what happens. So Merry Christmas, fools. We will uh, see you for going deeper. And uh, I don't know how many unanswered questions we have. So we might just have to just start going crazy like this last this last one <laughs> went a little crazy off the rails. It, it, it went all over the place. So get ready, y'all. Strap in. Buckle <laughs> we'll your see seat what belts. happens. Yeah. Absolutely. So check us out on Forbidden Cinema on Instagram. Um, send us your holiday traditions, your holiday movies, uh, Forbidden and Not, at uh, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. And we will see you soon. Happy holidays, y'all. I want to hear about every awkward moment watching a Christmas movie. If you saw Love Actually with your family, I need to hear about it. We'll go back to Jenny's thing. All right. Happy holidays, y'all. That's fine. Happy <laughs> holidays. Yeah. We love y'all, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye.